Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Woe is Media. You got Annabelle, you got Alyssa, you got business, you got entertainment, you got everything you could ever dream for and more. Isn't that right, Annabelle? That is absolutely right. We are here again. We got more stories. Tell me what you have planned for today, my love. So we've been in the gaming sector a lot recently and we're going to stay there. I apologize for kind of redundant stories here. But they're exciting and it leads to kind of a bigger industry trend that I want to talk about. So there's another big acquisition that has happened in the tech gaming world. So we'll get into that. And really, that's kind of what my second story is about, too. But it's on a much smaller scale and it's not really the gaming world so much as it is the word, the word, excuse me, the worlds of journalism and wordplay combined. (gasps) You know what I'm talking about, but we'll get into that. Oh yeah, I do. I do know what you're talking about. Still haven't done it, but know about it. So this week we're going to be talking about something that's a little, well, it's, it's controversial, but it needs to be talked about. It's um, Whoopi Goldberg on The View and things that she has said, plus um, a, a, a very iconic pregnancy announcement. I don't know if you heard about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like just just casual. But I like these. We got some. No right. Just a just a wide array of things mm-hmm. to talk about. So I'm gonna get started today. Um, this I would like to say the title of this um, story is called Whoopies Whoopsie, but it like makes it sound really cute, but I do want to address that the subject matter of this story is very serious. Big whoopsie. Yeah. And um, it's it's not to be joked about is kind of what I'm saying. I just chose the title because it was alliteration. So for background, Art Spiegelman created a comic book back in the 1980s called Mouse, A Survivor's Tale. And it depicts the Holocaust through the eyes of mice, cats, and I believe pigs is the third one. So it's basically telling the story of the Holocaust for a child in a little bit of a more like tamed down way so that they can ingest it better. Um, you know, it's a lot just, to swallow. It is a lot to swallow. And it is a well-known book. I, I never read this book as a child. Did you, Annabelle? Mm-mm didn't but we also are not jewish so it's maybe true true i actually felt like we needed to do annabelle knows i just got back from my um library i tried to find a copy of the book and they're all checked out so i guess like this story is you know making the rounds making people holocaust education on the rise yeah of course so the reason i bring up this book that was published in the 80s is because it has recently been banned from mcmen county tennessee public schools cited and the reason they're they have banned it is because they said it included a few cuss words and it depicts nudity now Annabelle just made a face and I agree. I made a point to include that it is illustrated animal nudity, but in the eyes of the McMinn County School Board, it's nudity nonetheless. And it's also worth noting that this decision to ban this very important book about the Holocaust was made just down the road from where the Scopes monkey trial took place in 1925. Annabelle, are you familiar with this? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. 
So uh, for those of you who may not know the history behind the Scopes Monkey Trial, in 1925, a small Tennessee school board had an issue with a man teaching evolution in um, schools. And it was, I don't know the whole history of it, but I believe for a while they were not allowed to teach evolution in this uh, school district. Yeah, that's right. Evolution versus creationism, the idea that man came from god directly as opposed to descending over time and it's called the monkey trial because we it's kind of common knowledge at this point that genetically speaking humans have kind of evolved like from apes and they're very much our ancestors as well as our like cousins in terms of our genetics absolutely um, but yeah that was a big scandal there was a trial about whether or not he could actually do that and it was like religious freedom along with you know actual science kind of being at odds with each other and a little fun fact before we get into your story here yeah. regarding like the evolution stuff, I had to get a waiver signed in high school regarding my biology textbooks, basically indicating like to my parents that, hey, they're teaching us evolution because it's science and because it's like an approved textbook, but you don't necessarily have to like buy into this and we're not necessarily negating creationism because I went to a Catholic school yeah so they wanted you to know that they weren't trying to be anti-Jesus they were just trying to show you another side which is ridiculous that's insane have to sign a waiver yeah my mom was like what is this I'm like what am I signing my mom's not um not a creationist she understands science so yeah I can't remember. I believe I learned evolution in middle school, but I honestly, it's all a blur and it's not coming back to me now. Like Celine Dion. We're also not science people. So it wouldn't have stuck with us. We're not. Yeah. We believe in science. We just don't know the. Don't study it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so going back to mouse, um, this is where I kind of you know, I, I already was like, this is stupid. Like children need to like learn about the Holocaust as nasty and terrible as it was. It's part of history. But board member Tony Allman was quoted as saying, quote, we don't need to enable or somewhat promote this stuff. It shows people hanging. It shows them killing kids. Why does the educational system promote this kind of stuff? It is not wise or healthy neither is history sir yeah i mean it's like is it horribly disturbing yeah absolutely but it's i don't know i guess the argument could be made that maybe the holocaust is not something that should be introduced in schools until children are a little bit older and can stomach it better because it is a lot to take in but it's still I, i don't know like you have to learn about this kind of stuff because it's so it's so awful. I mean, I can't really think of another way to put it other than that. If you don't learn about, like, those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. Is period. So, I mean, you have to learn it to be disgusted by it, to know that, like, if anything in modern politics comes up like this, you have to, you need to be aware and know yeah. that, like, oh, God, this is just like the Holocaust, if something like that were to ever happen. Also, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I speak for all children, but when I was learning about it as a child, I was like, oh, yeah, this is terrible. But, like, as I got older, 
it's when I really started to understand it. Like I wasn't like traumatized by learning about it as a child. I knew it was terrible, but it really didn't hit me until you get older and you learn about like, you know, humanity and racism and you see it in play in your daily life because sad to say racism, anti-Semitism, classism, all that kind of stuff is still here and it sucks. But once you start seeing it in everyday life, you're like, oh, people died over this kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe if you're going to spare the kids a little bit, maybe just don't get too into the details of like the extermination methods used. Period. Yeah. I don't know why I keep saying period. I'm sorry. Maybe spare them a little bit that way. But the fact that six million or more Jews were killed by Hitler and his Nazi party. Yeah. On the basis of racism and taking out the inferior quote unquote. Also, y'all have heard me talk about this multiple times in this podcast. I grew up being taught that the civil war was not fought over slavery. And that's states just states rights, right? <laughs> yeah. States rights. Thank you. States rights to own slaves. Um, and that's just not true. And it's just, it baffles me that like this kind of thing, not only with the civil war, but with the Holocaust can still like get by you know. So you're probably wondering, Alyssa, you said this story is called Whoopi's Whoopsie. Why are we talking about mouse? Well, during Monday's show of The View, Whoopi Goldberg addressed these comments about the Holocaust, saying it is, quote, not about race, but about man's inhumanity, unquote. I guess a lot of people don't necessarily think of Jewish people as a race they think of it as a religion correct but that was not what was necessarily going on no it's both part of it but not yeah it's a religion and an ethnicity and people have to realize that in order to get like the historical um understandings of not only like judaism but like the holocaust you have to understand both to get it so this caused an uproar of backlash against Goldberg and Tuesday she addressed the audience saying she misspoke and that she feels quote a responsibility for not leaving unexamined because my words upset so many people which was never intentional and I understand why now for that I'm deeply grateful the information I got was really helpful and helped me understand some different things unquote okay yeah well I hope she's sorry. She also stated, quote, words matter and mine are no exception. Continuing, I regret my comments and I stand corrected. I also stand with the Jewish people as they know and y'all know because I've always done that, unquote. Um, During this segment on the Tuesday show, they actually welcomed the Anti-Defamation League CEO, Jonathan Greenblatt, to discuss uh, the harmful impacts of misinformation as we discussed. And he even suggested bringing on a Jewish host to bring more representation to the program. Is no one on The View Jewish? Apparently not. Oh. Because neither Annabelle nor I watch it on a daily basis, so we don't really know who identifies as what way. But yeah, I believe they still have a vacancy since Megan, Megan McCain left. So they could. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know, apart from Whoopi, who's currently on it. Is Elizabeth um, Hasselbeck still on there? Here, let me check. View current <laughs> lineup. Enjoy Behar on there? Or did yeah. she? Um, so yeah, Joy Behar, 
uh whoopee and they're like they're the two longest um consecutive ones because barbara walters was on there for a really long time but she got off in 2014 and lately yeah um abby huntsman left in 2020 megan mccain left in 2021 sunny hostin hostin is on currently um sarah haynes is also on and yeah that seems to be the the lineup right now for the view is those four yes okay i'm not familiar with the other two at all i'm not either but i'm sure they're lovely people um but yeah i just wanted to talk about this because it's it's i don't want to say it's rare but it's interesting when like educational decisions are like interspersed with entertainment and it's it's always interesting to me and like i said like now that you know people are talking so much about mouse i do really want to see if i can find a copy eventually and read it yes it's a child's book i don't i don't care you know it it has its educational value and i would love to read it so that's my first story what do you think about book banning just in general i hate it um as the daughter of a librarian i think it's stupid because in most situations it's things like racism sexuality religious you know affiliation in which are being taken into account to ban these books from public libraries and i think that's stupid because once again like being able to have access to these types of text in order for children to learn not only what is good but it also what is bad um is very important and i do not stand by book banning at all yeah i totally agree i think it's i don't mean to use like the slippery slope argument but really heavy censorship is something that goes on in China and it was a big thing in Nazi Germany ironically enough and it's like we don't live in those places and we don't want to live in those places Mm -hmm. so any form of censorship in my opinion like that on a really wide level is just not a good idea and I understand we have to like protect children to a certain degree but I I just think there's better ways to do it without Oh, yeah. and, and also in the con it's not really constitutional if you think about it no. because there's freedom of the press and part of the press is freedom of publications so it's you know if we have a protected constitutional amendment to publish what we want who is you know why should anybody be able to ban it You know, honestly, this gets me thinking if next week is kind of slow, I kind of want to do a deep dive into like books that have been banned over the years, because I know a decent amount of them have been like Judy Bloom books. Yeah, because they're like about sex and puberty. Yeah, I think it's so stupid. So I might do that eventually a little like deep dive into the various books that have been banned over a couple of years. But yeah, I always found that fascinating growing up and my school used to do my elementary and middle school not my high school um we did like a banned book week where we would celebrate the the books that had been banned I love that mm -hmm, in rebellion so I had a very like polarizing educational experience where my elementary and middle school were very like liberal progressive you know they would ask you about like what like what gender you identified as not like what was assigned at birth like stuff like that um you know, there's no uniforms, no cut sports, nothing like that. And then for high school, I did a complete 180 and went to a Catholic school where I had to get a waiver sign to learn about evolution. So yeah, she, she was living the full 180 fantasy. My, my tale was just 
consistently kind of wah wah. And I've talked about how both my parents are teachers and that's not, I'm, I'm not trying to reflect on them because obviously like teachers are given a certain curriculum that they are like instructed to teach. And that is m- most of the time, not their choice. So that's awesome though. I love, I love that. What gender do you identify as? And you said that when you were, they were asking you that in elementary and middle school? Well, no, not really. But my, that, that school had a high school as well um, that my sister oh. went to. And, you know, I went to her like prom picture party and it was one that the school put on. And, you know, instead of being like, okay, all the girls can take a picture. All the boys can take a picture. They'd be like, okay, if you identify as a woman, come take a picture. If you identify as a man, but still, that's if you identify as neither, like get with either group that you prefer. Yeah. So I didn't like personally experience that in middle school but I'm sure like because it wasn't necessarily as talked about of an issue in like you know the mid-2000s but I think had had it been more prevalent at the time yeah it would have been a similar experience but even being surrounded in a community that supports those kind of things is still Mm -hmm. like mind-boggling to me because I'm thinking I'm thinking back you know I my mom gave me my yearbooks from like middle school and high school this week like she finally found them and I've been going down like you know memory lane looking back and being like wow wow the kind Mm -hmm. of stuff that I was surrounded by but anyways yeah it's interesting how it can like form who you are now mm-hmm. being an environment that like it, it's funny that I, I had both sides of the spectrum and then I kind of ended up on my original side mm-hmm. of the spectrum where I started at, yeah. like, with my personal beliefs but all right so this one is my first story is a little bit less philosophical and just kind of more more techie um as we've been in this segment for a while but to quote one of Alyssa's favorite uh, artists, Lil Nas X, my first story is called Industry Baby Bungie. <laughs> so the title will make more sense a little bit later. But we have another big blockbuster acquisition here. So Sony Interactive Entertainment, which is a division of the larger company Sony, um, based in Japan, they own the rights to Spider-Man. They you know, are a video game maker. They have a lot of stuff. of equipment um their entertainment division is acquiring video game maker bungie for six billion dollars so this is a significantly smaller acquisition that we're talking about here compared to the activision deal that we went over last week remember Mm -hmm. that was 69 billion so this is a small fraction of that but it's still exciting um bungie is a privately held company and they make the destiny games which are kind of like shooter games you don't play these do you no i do not play shooters. are you familiar with them yeah okay destiny yeah so they recently uh released destiny 2 which is like their big hit um and they used to develop halo until 2010 um which microsoft now actually developed and it's kind of funny because bungie was originally acquired way back in 2000 by microsoft mm-hmm. and microsoft's kind of decided to spin them off and they split with them in 2007. Um, But Bungie did help Microsoft launch the first Xbox. So it's kind of interesting that within a couple of weeks, Bungie gets picked up by somebody else after Microsoft picks up Activision Blizzard, even though the two of them used to be under the same umbrella. Yeah. So kind of interesting. So Sony owns PlayStation, if you didn't know. Um, So Microsoft has Xbox. 
Sony owns PlayStation. And those are like two of the really big video game consoles, probably the biggest, I would say, unless you are still playing a Wii, in which case I salute you. Yeah. Wii, is, Wii is fun, but it's a little outdated. <laughs> um, so as I said, their most recent popular game is Destiny 2. Um, but even with the acquisition by uh, Sony, it will still be available on a wide range of platforms, not just PlayStation. So that's good news if you don't have a PlayStation, if you have an Xbox. Um, and Destiny 2 is about to release its expansion version, which is called Witch Queen. Oh, me? They're making yeah, I was about to say, I'm me? like, you should maybe start playing the Witch Queen game. <laughs> that sounds like you. Yeah, it but it'll be released on February 22nd. And this game, or excuse me, the expansion of the game already has 1 million pre-orders. So this is a nice timing for Sony here, um, being able to capitalize kind of on a big game release. And with the acquisition, Sony's going to be able to access, obviously, all this game as well as the rest of the games that are in Bungie's library, um, live gaming services, and technology expertise. So... It's also exciting because, you know, Sony was like one of the biggest video game companies in the world. And with the Activision purchased by Microsoft, Microsoft shot like way up in the rankings. Yeah. So this is going to help Sony expand their user base and get even further into the gaming industry. Um, but it should be known that Bungie's not going to be like a puppet of Sony. It's going to be its own subsidiary. It's going to keep its current CEO, Pete Parsons, and the rest of its management team. So it'll have a lot of autonomy over what it does. It'll just kind of be financed and ultimately managed by Sony. Um, and as I said, Sony is Japanese, but this also is going to help both companies on a global scale because Bungie is American. They're based in Bellevue, Washington. Mm -hmm. So kind of the goal of this marriage here is to build a global multimedia entertainment company. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of acquisitions as we've talked about that have been going on in this segment and they're not necessarily covered as widely unless you're really into the gaming. Um, but Sony has, this seems like it comes out of nowhere a little bit or it seems like they're trying to respond to the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. But in 2021 alone, Sony acquired a game developer called Bluepoint Games, a game development studio called Housemark, a PC sports specialist called Nixes, I believe that's how you pronounce it, N-I-X-S-E-S, and a UK-based developer called Firesprite. So they've really been using organic growth to kind of grow their gaming segment. And if you're not familiar with the term inorganic growth, it just means that instead of developing their own sales and trying to get more activity in one specific segment by like offering more products or expanding your user base or something like that, you're just buying other companies. <laughs> That's what inorganic means. It's a good option for companies who have like a lot of cash on their balance sheet um, or maybe not the most known for innovation, you can kind of just swoop in and, and purchase somebody. Um, but it's also a good strategy in certain industries where there's a lot of barriers to entry. Like if you're trying to get into a new division that it's like really hard to break in, a good way to do it is just, just buy a company who's already done it. Um, so yeah, and also when development developmental costs are high and if there's market saturation, those are also good good reasons to kind of go the inorganic growth route. Inorganic growth is also really common in 
the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. because a lot of companies they have these drugs that were approved but their patents expire and when the, the patents expire it can take years and years to get another patent on a drug that's been approved so they kind of just snap up other drug companies and it's so there's a lot of consolidation in that industry and we're really starting to see the same thing here in gaming mm-hmm. so Uh, Jim Ryan, who is Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO, said this is a good strategic step towards continuing to evolve the gaming experience that we build. Bungie's expertise in delivering a world-class service approach and long-term community engagement is extremely compelling and will support the development of several future line service titles from PlayStation Studios. Hmm. So he's all about it. Um, He's still obviously going to be in charge of the Sony Interactive Entertainment division. Uh, Bungie's statement said that we remain in charge of our destiny. <laughs> I like what they did there with the destiny, given that that's their big oh, video yeah. game. Trademark. We, will, mm-hmm. we will continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games. We will continue to drive one unified Bungie community. Our games will continue to be where our community is, wherever they choose to play. So Bungie is um, kind of maintaining their independence. So they say, we'll see what actually happens on a corporate level but if they're keeping all their people at least so far that's definitely a good sign yeah but to kind of take away from this story it is industry consolidation baby so one major acquisition in an industry is going to create a domino effect that'll trigger smaller acquisitions among other companies because they're trying to compete better in this space so the really big one obviously was the 69 billion dollar deal we announced last week um, and with this deal, that's another big acquisition that was made in the gaming industry in January. And we didn't cover this on the pod cause it's a little bit less, I don't know. The timing just didn't work out with when we record versus when the news came yeah. out, but, um, the gaming company take two, which is the creator of grand theft auto, uh, they bought, basically social gaming company Zynga for 12.7 billion and Zynga makes words with friends and Farmville which is a big throwback <laughs> um interesting that they spent 12.7 million or billion dollars on Farmville and words with friends but that's what they chose to do so yeah we're we're seeing consolidation it'll be interesting to see what happens next these three deals all coming up in January so We'll see if any of them get held up in regulatory review. I don't think there's going to be any issues with this one just based off the size of both Bungie um, and the fact that Sony has a Japanese parent. There's really not a ton that Congress can do with this just because of the international footprint. So this one is is likely not going to have any problems. Um, But good news, if you are a fan of Destiny, but you play it on Xbox instead of PlayStation, it's not going to be exclusively available on PlayStation. So you were in luck. And yeah, that's my first story. It's all about industry consolidation, baby. Weed woo. Let's see here. Okay, my second story isn't really that long because it's literally just about how Rihanna's pregnant. Oh my God, what are we gonna do? I don't know. The answer is celebrate. So Rihanna announced her pregnancy this weekend with a New York City photo shoot clad in a vintage Chanel pink silk puffer coat that's a lot of words um and a chain belt with a cross sitting perkily right on the belly um in the photo shoot 
uh, is also her partner, ASAP Rocky. Um, the pair, both 33, have been friends for nearly a decade and just started dating in November of 2020. I can't remember for certain, but I'm pretty sure their like <clears throat> red carpet debut as a couple was in fact the Met Gala. And speculation over the over a pregnancy has been brewing for some time now, even dating as far back as the Met Gala, because a lot of people were like, oh my God, she's so bundled up. You can't see her body. Like what's going on there? Um, it's the first child for both of them and her belly does appear to be like well-developed. I didn't know a better way to say that because I'm, I don't have pregnant friends, so I, I don't, I'm not familiar with the terminology. Like, How many weeks is she, Alyssa? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, even if I did have like pregnant friends, I'd be like, uh, she almost there. Um, but you know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, she looks like she could be like seven maybe six I don't like literally I have no idea about pregnancy guys she she looks like she could literally pop at any minute so who's to say when the baby will arrive um also it's worth noting that Chanel puffer coat that I mentioned 1996 that's how vintage it is Mm -hmm. as old as us I know right I thought that was cool though so and of course the the internet is losing their minds because it's Rihanna and we love Rihanna. And someone actually posted like a magazine interview that she did like maybe 10 years ago. And she was like, I want to, um, and the question was like, oh, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And she was like, I want to start my family. I want to have a fashion line, a makeup line, be doing what I want. And she's literally done all those things. So like (laughs) Rihanna is the queen of manifestation. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see that? I saw this meme on Twitter today. I'll have to send it to you if you haven't seen it. But um, so remember how Drake and Rihanna used to be together? I don't want to talk about this anymore. I, I know, but it's funny. I promise. Okay. Um, okay. So there was this meme <laughs> that Drake was going to show up at him at ASAP and Rihanna's baby shower looking like Maleficent and just like curse the baby. Which I thought was hysterical because it's like a Drake Disney crossover and that's so niche, but I love it. (laughs) No, that wouldn't be funny. I I like that. No, I just, Annabelle knows this. I can't stand like Drake's fascination with Rihanna. Like it kind of, I know they're like friends or whatever, but it kind of creeps me out. Like I remember in high school when I can't remember what award show it was, but he was like, presenting an award that was going to go to her and he was like now I present to you the love of my life and everybody was freaking out the after that do you remember when it was I think it was if not the Grammys it was probably the BMAs okay that's that sounds right but like everybody was freaking out the day after the thing and they they were like oh my god they're so in love he called her the love of his life and I was like did y'all not watch the same ceremony that I did? Because when she got up on stage, she looked hella uncomfortable. Yeah, she did. He was like, kind of like, he probably wasn't intending to embarrass her, but she looked embarrassed. Exactly. So that's why I've never been like a fan of like his fascination with her. Like I get it. We're all, you know, entranced by her beauty, her talent. You know, I, I get it. We all love her, but six feet apart, sir. 
keep why keep you're so obsessed with me but yeah so that's really all I have like I tried to look more into like um not really the history of the pregnancy or whatnot but people have been speculating for a while because I looked at some celebrity like or not celebrity I looked at some paparazzi shots of her from the past few weeks in New York City and she's been wearing like big puffy coats to like kind of hide the belly so Mm -hmm. do we know if they know the baby's sex yet I haven't seen anything so do you want to do you want to place bets right now sure we uh disclaimer annabelle and i do not really fall in line with like gender reveals and whatnot we think that's kind of like stupid but you know it's 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 just a fun thing to say i think it's going to be a boy i kind of do too but if, okay. if we need to if we need to take opposite stances i'm fine with that no it's okay we can both say boy and we can both okay. be wrong together if it's a girl right or wrong together that's right so but yeah well I hope this baby is not an effing problem for ASAP and Rihanna. Hey, I'm glad they found love in a hopeless place. I hate that song. Really? I do. It's so repetitive. I hate it. I mean, it's not one of her better songs, but like, I don't mind it, I guess. Her best song is Umbrella, and I will die on that. Oh, note. oh, absolutely. I, I'm not here to contest that at all. Um, so. I do love um i love rude boy rude boy is good to me um california king bed i feel is like one that no one ever talks about and i do love that song Mm -hmm. you to one yeah i think it's too short i wish it were longer but her birthday cake song is excellent i listen to it every year on my birthday i'm like cake 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 she wants to put her name on it Mm-hmm. well baby i like it okay sorry <laughs> rihanna for me is the good girls gone bad album from like 2007, 2007. Mm-hmm. yeah i would agree that has like Sturbia, don't stop the music umbrella i think shut up and drive is on that one that's a really good one. Ooh, yeah how did i forget that one honestly like i'm not trying to be mean i can't think of any other asap rocky songs other than fm problems i'm looking i'm literally on his spotify right now uh, yeah, um, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> his top five are Praise the Lord, Sundress, Living It Up, Every Day, and Effing Problems. Yeah, I, I feel like he's, yeah, I feel like he's featured in a lot of songs. And is um, it, doesn't he produce also? I yeah, he produces right. a lot. So, yeah. okay. All right. We have nothing against him. We just, we're not no. familiar with his discography. No, definitely not. <laughs> All right, so we're banking it's a boy. Also, I just looked it up. His birthday's a day before mine. Ooh. Yeah. Libra King. <laughs> Love it. All right, so my final story, it's sort of another gamer thing, but not really. It's a little different. So this Annabelle's is a gamer girl now. <sighs> Evidently. It's not my fault. This is what's in the news, okay? I'm just trying I'm to get people I'm not making fun of you, babe. I'm just glad you're not playing Animal Crossing during my segment this time. Nope, my hands are free. You see that. <laughs> yes, I love it. So my my story title will make a little bit more sense if you could see it. But it's called Games, Signs of the Times. So they're all, they're all five letters, um, which is appropriate because this is about Wordle, hey. which... 
the New York Times is purchasing. So it's sort of another acquisition story. It's on a much smaller scale. The New York Times has announced that they are purchasing the mega popular online daily word puzzle game Wordle for a total in the low millions. So the total Ooh. figure wasn't revealed. They just said low seven figures. So <laughs> in theory, that could be anywhere from 1 million to 9,999,999. Probably like one to three would be my guess. I hope that the creator got as much as, you know, as much as he deserves for this. Um, but this seems like kind of a weird acquisition if you're not super familiar with the New York Times' gaming division that it already has. Mm-hmm. So they have the iconic daily crossword puzzle, especially the Sunday one. I think that's what most people know about. And, and I, Hannah plays it all the time. Yeah. And generally speaking, I feel like that's something all newspapers do. They have a crossword and it kind of seems like something of the olden days to sit down and do the crossword, but they have apps and stuff and you can yeah. do it on the internet. Like it doesn't have to be an old school thing. They realize that they got to adapt with the times and we appreciate that. Sign of the times. That's right. <gasps> Harry Styles. <laughs> but that's also just, a, I, I don't know. I find myself saying that a lot lately, but. Anyway, um, so their gaming division includes the iconic New York Times crossword puzzle, the mini, which is a tiny version of the crossword, uh, spelling bee, which is another word game, but it wants to attract new subscribers. So as of December 2021, the New York Times has just over 1 million game subscribers. So trying to get that number up and Wordle has just exploded. I mean, it has over 3 million daily players. And in mid-January, it only had 300,000. So wow. just over the last couple of weeks alone, it's really, really blown up. The game was actually created in October 2021 by a British engineer named Josh Wardle. Um, and on November 1st, literally only 90 people played it. So to say it's grown is a complete understatement. Yeah. Um, but Alyssa, I know you don't play, but are you like familiar with the format? Kind of. I'm actually trying to download it right now so I can be hip. I I feel like I finally reached that stage in my life where I'm like not hip anymore and I'm trying to relate to the children. Can you can you inform me which one of these is the real wordle? Sure. So there's not actually an app. <laughs> oh it is literally a website, and I will send you the link. Oh, I, see, that's how stupid I am, y'all. That's how out of it I am. Let me send this here i really hope you do today's word why um i'm not gonna spoil it but if you if you solve it then you'll know what i mean but here is here is the website for you Alyssa. okay so i'll explain it so you can kind of know what to do once you start okay i'm so excited so wordle is a daily puzzle with six tries to guess a five-letter word that's your objective you have to guess the word within six tries okay and you don't start with anything. So okay. you just, it's a blank slate. You just need to pick a random five letter word to go off of. And there's a lot of strategies here of what is the best starter word to use. Some people have run the math on statistically based off all the words in the English language that are five letters, like which ones come up the most, what's the best. The most common strategy is the vowel strategy. So you oh, would come up with the word that has like, two if not three vowels in it i believe statistically speaking raise r-a-i-s-e is one of the best words you can start with because it has three vowels and an r and an s which are very commonly used 
Um, that's a good one. But you, a bad strategy would be using double letters. Sometimes there are words that have the same letter in the puzzle twice, but that's just kind of a waste of a guess. So Is you there don't... supposed to be a clue on the first word? No. Oh, okay. I was, I was very concerned that I broke the, the, the internet. <laughs> no, no, no. That's why it's hard because you, you start with nothing. It's complete blank slate. But once you make your first guess, the puzzle will indicate with colors basically how close or how far off you are. So if you have a letter in the right place, then green. like, let's say, yeah, it'll show up green. Let's say the letter comes up in the puzzle, but it's not necessarily in the right place within the word, it'll show up gold. So you would just need to move it around. And if the letter's not in the puzzle at all, it'll show up gray. And within the keyboard on the website, the same colors will be on the keyboard. So you know not to touch the gray keys again because those letters are already eliminated. And so, this is not timed, right? No, it's not timed. You can take literally all day if you want to, but cool. you have six attempts. Some people like to guess really quickly and that tends to take you more tries. Some people like to be more methodical about it like me. Um, so it's just kind of a preference thing. I think if you're playing for stats, which I sort of do, I try to get it within four at most I'm like always really embarrassed when it takes me five tries um you know then you want to think about like what your options are before you put anything down I literally feel like an idiot I'm sitting here trying to figure out this word no my dumbass when I first started playing in like early January I did not understand the rules like they had an example and I thought that the example was the clue I'm like Uh. that's this doesn't make any sense like I'm not getting anything with this and I'm like Oh, Annabelle, like there is no start word. <laughs> like Aww. that's that's the whole thing. So in case you don't play Wordle and you want to get into it, that's why I thought I would uh, explain everything a little bit more. Um the part of the reason of the success of this puzzle is that it encourages people to share their experience. So they use cryptic emojis that you can like tweet or text people to show how many attempts it'll take to solve without really spoiling what the result is. So my mom and I send those back and forth regularly this is hard yeah no I know it's hard but it's fun and the first one the first time you do it you're gonna be like I'm an idiot but then it gets easier so but it's also nice because it's a daily thing and you can't go back and play previous puzzles so it's like you literally cannot spend all of your time doing this it Wordle is really different in the sense that it doesn't use any of the normal tech strategies like they, they don't use marketing. There's no pop-ups. Mm-hmm. There's, they're not, there's not even an app. Like it's just the website. Yeah. They're not trying to keep you on it all day. You get one puzzle for the day. That's it. And you can't do anything other than the day's puzzle. And when it switches to midnight in your time zone, then the next one comes available. My dad is actually playing it. He, he asked me last night if I was aware of what Wordle was. And I was like, father, of course I'm aware of it. I'm on Twitter. I know what Wordle is. Exactly. So the New York Times says that Wordle will continue to be made free for now uh, for new and existing players and that no changes are going to be made to the gameplay, which is good news. Um, And they are working on how to get each player's data transferred over so you can continue your win streaks and your stats and all that, because right now it'll show you like your win streak, how long or how long it until the next word, it'll show you your distribution of guesses too. So like how many times it took you in four, five, six, or one, two, three, if you're that smart. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uproar about this because people have 
a fear that it, Wordle, which has been free for so long, so long, like a couple months, but they have the fear that it's going to be put behind a paywall and that now they're going to start tracking your data and there's going to be annoying ad pop-ups. And these are all very like valid fears. It kind of sucks when a big corporation takes over something, you know, cute and charming that people enjoy. And then they sort of take the charm out of it. Um, but I mean, I think if, if Josh Wordle was really that attached and worried about the New York times wrecking his game, he wouldn't have sold it to them. Mm-hmm. In a quote about the acquisition, he said, I've long admired the New York Times' approach to their games and the respect with which they treat their players. Their values are aligned with mine on these matters, and I'm thrilled that they will be stewards of the game moving forward. So my kind of take on this is it's really just sort of the newspaper's attempt to stay relevant, especially with younger generations. People of all ages play Wordle, but I think uh the younger generations are a lot less likely to have a New York Times subscription than older people. Like, do I you got have a subscription? It. You did? I got it Isn't in it two tries. Or, yeah, two tries. That's impressive. Thank you. I don't want to brag too much, um, but I got today's word in one try, <gasps> which I've never done before. I was literally just memeing. And I was like, ah, what if this is it? And I'm like, this is actually a decent guess because it has two vowels and some common consonants in it. Yeah. And I got it all green. I'm like, oh my word, this is Are insane. you making fun of me because I hate this word? No, no, I'm not. I think the whole, okay, spoiler alert, if you have not played February 2nd's Wordle Puzzle, skip ahead a few minutes, but the, the word is moist, Yeah, <laughs> which is hysterical. And a lot of people hate that word. It's such a controversial word. And I think this is just Josh Wardle memeing on us and being like, uh, you have to guess moist. So I don't know. It's funny, but I, I sat down to do it and I was like, uh, what if it's moist? And it was. So I yeah. actually used your trick. I did raise as my first word. It's a pretty good one because it just knocks out some really common letters. It, it has failed me in the, the recent puzzles because none of them have had A's, which is disappointing, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I kind of think this is the New York, I, and I like the New York Times, don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of sad about this acquisition. I think, because really? mm-hmm, I, I don't really want to pay for like a subscription to get access to Wordle. And maybe this will be a thing like HQ Trivia where people are obsessed with Wordle for a while and then it'll just completely vanish from popular culture. That's the first thing that came to my mind when everybody started posting about it on Twitter. I was like, this is like HQ all over again. But it could also be like kind of a classic ongoing thing, like the crossword puzzle, you know? Maybe it'll have less people doing it, but maybe it'll withstand the test of time. Who knows? But there, I I don't know. I just think this is the Times' attempt to get more subscribers especially with the younger generations. And it also just shows further consolidation in the gaming and the media industry. Like everybody wants to be a Titan. Everybody's trying to become a bigger gaming company and a bigger media company. And how can they do that? And they're really capitalizing on the popularity of this game right now. Um, And it is interesting to talk about a million dollar acquisition as opposed to a billion dollar acquisition, just because you know, deals that are in the lower millions don't generally get covered because companies that cost that much are not household names at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of an exception here, but it makes sense that a n- newspaper company is going to buy a, something else with a low price like that, just because they don't have the money that Sony or Microsoft would. Um, yeah. The New York Times is publicly traded though, if you guys didn't know that. 
but uh, it does make sense for the times to purchase this compared to like a mega gaming company or an app developer or something like that. And because this is kind of a no frills game, it's like clean, simple. And like, I don't want to say it's an intellectual game, <laughs> but it sort of is in a lot of ways compared to like, I don't know, what Candy Crush or other gaming apps. You calling out my mom? No, not at all. I just mean that like it fits the New York Times' game portfolio already compared to like other app developers who are putting out like more gimmicky apps. So I think, I think on a cultural level, it makes sense, but I totally understand the fears with the paywall. Um, And I'm, I'm concerned about it too. And I don't necessarily want to get a subscription, but if I have to, I have to, I'll try the crosswords. I tweeted my results just so you know. Good job. If you want to go follow me, it's at that red witch on Twitter. <laughs> so yeah, that's my second story. Um, hopefully next week we'll have other things to talk about. I've been going back and forth with whether or not I want to talk about the border crisis at Ukraine mm-hmm. with Russia, but there's just so much to get into. And I just don't necessarily want to talk about Russian politics on our podcast. Agreed. So I don't know, but hopefully we'll have um, non-gaming acquisitions to talk about next week. But nice. Do you have a smile file for the week? Um, uh, what is going on? I met some PI. So I, how do I say this? I'm talking to someone. And I met two of their friends the other night and it was a really nice time. We had Thai food and making friends in the middle of a pandemic while you're working from home full-time is really hard. So being able to meet people like close in age to you that have similar interests was really cool. And they're all already like, oh my God, we have to watch Drag Race together. And I was like, I would love that. Oh, that's awesome. What about you? I'm happy for you. Thank you. Um, Mine is that I got moist in one guess. Oh, God. Stop saying it. Moist. All right, I'm logging off. Bye. I hope the rest of the words for the week are dirty. That would be <laughs> funny to me if they just did a bunch of dirty five-lettered words. Oh, I'm an idiot. I forgot to add in my Whoopi Goldberg story, she got suspended for two weeks because of the remarks that she made. Yes, she did. I think the ABC chairwoman was like, I've asked Whoopi to take some time off to reflect on what she said. So I'm so sorry for, I like buried the lead, but yes, she's taking time off. Mm -hmm. So hopefully she'll reflect on it and remember that uh, the Jewish people are in fact a race. Period. I keep saying that. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, you can follow us on iTunes and Spotify. You can also give us a rating on either of those platforms. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at woeismediapod. We post little snippets from our shows as well as episode guides, which I forgot to do this week, but I will get to that as soon as possible. Don't worry about it. I'm on top of things. I have my life together. Uh, Anything else you want to add, Annabelle? Nope, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. And if you are not a fan of the word moist, I sincerely apologize. I swear to God, if you say it one more time. Log off before I say it again. Moist. Bye.